Yeah. Um, never underestimate children. It's a sort of running theme or idea in all of the work that I do that uh, we always underestimate the abilities of children. I always say the same thing that the children are okay. It's the adults who are, it's the adults who have the problems. Yeah, you know, children, children spend their time solving the problems that the adults create. Um, yeah. That is uh, um, a lot of how the world works. And um, look at the world right now. I mean, it's just problems created by adults. It's just from what, what is war? What is fighting? What is, um, what are the laws and the rules and the regulations? They're all things created by adults, not created by children. Children don't really create those kinds of worlds or environments. You know, leave children in the playground and they play happily with each other. Mm -hmm. They don't fight in general unless they see their unless they have examples of fighting, they don't really know what fighting is. Mm -hmm. You can't do more than invite people into a conversation. You can't do any more. You can't mm -hmm. force people mm -hmm. into a conversation, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. um, so um, the, the communication strategy is ask people if they want to join. And if they don't want to join, then mm -hmm. usually, eventually, they, they they go away because they realize that there's 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 sort of a power structure in mm -hmm. the uh, in the conversation happening, and um, it, this this works not just with children; it works with everybody everywhere. Yeah, you and you always invite you always invite people to join, whoever they mm -hmm. are, wherever they are. You always invite them to join, and if they say no, well. You know, that's that's their issue then beyond that, because you can't do any more than invite people in. And uh, the second point is you you then see how governments aim to control people. It is through controlling the environment around about them and uh, mm -hmm. inviting them into the conversation. But they don't really people don't really have the power to do much about a lot of the problems that exist because uh, the problems are essentially very large problems. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kids help us to focus on a lot of the things that are important. Um, yes. The, the nature of the individual is extremely important. And I'll talk about that in a second, but um, remember that adults are the only people who are stupid enough to pay to live on the planet that they're born on. Mm. That is a very, very, very important philosophy because, and children help mm. us understand that. We pay money to live on the planet that we're born on. I mean, that, that's insane. That's completely insane. Now, there's a, there's a socioeconomic situation in Western society which says that this is the best way to organize everything. But 
it's only the best way to organize everything if you're free. And mm. you can't be free <laughs> for as long as there is the threat that if you don't pay somebody to live, you go to jail or you go to prison or, and that, that's behind everything, right? Mm -hmm. Behind everything is if you don't pay your bills, you go to prison. It's really, and nobody, nobody really wants to talk about it mm -hmm. because it's very, it's a very dark topic. People don't want to talk about the dark topics, but um, it's, um, it's, <laughs> it's very true. Um, and it's, It's interesting that in general, it's it's the government that will tell you, it's the government that will put you in prison if you don't give them money, but it's also the government that are telling you that you can't go out and work right now. Yeah. So it's the same organization that says, it's, it, it says work to pay us, but we're going to make it difficult for you to work. And it's an impossible scenario. and. And children see through that straight away, mm. right? They, they, children are the only individuals without prejudice. And um, mm. so it means you decide before you know. That's what prejudice is. You decide before mm. you know. Um, mm. And uh, some prejudice is natural. Uh, you, you know, uh, maybe maybe Slovak people want to help Slovak people. People would say that's prejudice, but maybe that's natural, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it seems mm -hmm. natural to me, right? You know, mm -hmm. people in company A want to help people in company A. It, it seems natural <laughs> that you want to help people on the same team as you. And so there is some level of prejudice, which is, uh, which is completely natural. And, mm -hmm. uh, there is a there's a strong push in modern society that uh, the prejudice is is bad, but the truth is prejudice is natural. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's it's not bad at all. It's not bad at all to be prejudiced. It's um, there is nothing more ridiculously stupid than adults teaching children to treat everybody equally. There's nothing more stupid than that. Because first of all, adults don't treat adults equally. And secondly, children do already treat everybody equally. Mm -hmm. And so when adults try to teach children to, to treat everybody equally, it's, it's ridiculously silly. You know, it, it's, it, it is, it's, it's, adults, it's adults trying to manage their own problem. That's all a lot of teaching and, and, and education and all the things surrounding that are. It's, it's adults trying to manage the world of the, of the children. You know, what, what are the famous communist sayings that uh, give, me, give me the children and I will show you a compliant, obedient population. Mm. I mean, that, that's, that's communism, socialism, Marxism down throughout history is, is let's, let's control 
the children. Let's decide what the children will do. At the time, <clears throat> see people, people, people have a misjudgment of history. Um, at the time of the American Revolution, ninety-eight percent of the Western populace in civilized urban America were literate, mm. meaning they could read, and there were no schools. 98% of the population could read, and there were no schools. Right? Now, the average reading skills from school age, late teenage graduate students now in some urban areas of the United States is only 70%. So that's a, that's a drop of about 30% in average skills and abilities. And mm. this is, uh, this is, this is due to adults fear Adults fear that children will not learn if you don't teach them, which is the most backwards idea in history, the idea that people don't learn if you don't teach them. Because teaching and learning are two different topics. They're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, this has been the subject of, in, in the last couple of books that I've written, which are that, that, there's this idea that if you don't teach, people don't learn, which is ridiculously stupid. People learned to drive before there were driving lessons, right? It's not bad to have a teacher. It's not bad to have lessons. Think about every computer program that you've ever learned to use. And the most famous example across the world of this is the internet. There is no instruction book for how the internet works. There are no lessons for how the internet works. Mm. It is the single most vital and important tool in everybody's life on the planet. Maybe apart from growing food. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And um, it's the single most vital communication tool. And there's no instruction on it or how it works. In fact, the only thing that does exist is people trying to stop people using it. That's the only thing, right? And programs trying to stop people communicating. Yeah? Put people putting limits on it. People putting limits on communication. Now, why would you want to limit communication? It doesn't seem very sensible to me. It's a bit like telling people who they can talk to and who they can't talk to. It, it, people have to decide that for themselves. So... So the, the, the secret, which is not really a secret under everything is that we only ever teach ourselves. Uh, and I, you know, having, having had a physical school for, for 10 years and it was, became very obvious to me after three or four years of running the school that my job was not to teach. My job was mm -hmm. not to teach people because you, you self-learn. Right, that the, the teacher doesn't. The, the learning is not because of the teacher. It's not. The learning is because of the student. The student is more important than the teacher. Does the teacher matter? 
yes, as a facilitator, as a tutor, as a tour guide for education, like a parent, right? You know, the parent is the tour guide for life. Yeah. The parent is somebody who walks around and says, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Mm. Hey, look at this. You know, it's, it's the, they're, the, they're the tour guide for life. And um, the teacher is just teacher is just the same. And when you understand that, you understand that teachers replace parents. And when you understand that people who are paid to do a job never do a better job than people who love their job. Mm. People who are paid never do a better job than people who love their job. People who love their job always do a better job than people who are paid to do their job. Yeah. Now, people who are paid to job to do a job can do a job very well, but people who love it will always do it better. They'll, they'll, they'll always pay attention and take care of, of the details of everything. They'll always do it better. And that's when you understand that if teachers replace parents and teachers don't love the children because they don't and they can't, um, for, for lots of different psychological reasons, it's just not possible. Um, you can like the children. <laughs> A lot of teachers don't even like children. Right? Mm. Um, most people are teachers for different reasons. Most people are teachers. You know why most people are teachers? Most people are teachers, A, because they don't know what to do, and B, because they get holidays. Right? That's why most people are teachers. Um, they're not teachers because... They, they, they love children. They will tell you they love children. And trust me, I worked in education my entire life. And every teacher is like, I work with children because I love children. It's just not true. It's just not true. It's just the standard response that everybody gives because they hear everybody else saying it and they think it's the right thing to say. And, it, and it's, it, it's, it's marketing, right? I started a school because I love children. It, it's, it, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's a business. Hmm. And you get some people who care more than other people. And that's very, very, very important. Um, but uh, there are, there, there are very, very complex psychological aspects to why people are involved in teaching and uh like anything you get like any topic you get good teachers and bad teachers like you get good bus drivers and bad bus drivers right you, you get um mm. you know it, it, it's, it's it's like it's like everything and the problem is if you're a good teacher your your hands are your hands are tied you're told which topic to teach. You're told which book to read. You are told how to do it, where to do it, and when to do it, and you can't change it. Mm -hmm. And that's not being a teacher, because being a teacher is being flexible enough to change what you need to change in order to make it work. Yeah, the world is not in a classroom. It's not the world. The world is not the world. Is 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 trees and forests and concrete and noise and 
the craziness, the unpredictability, which can be positive. The, the serendipity of life, there's a great word, serendipity. Serendipity mm. is, is the happiness that comes from things that you, you don't plan and you don't expect. And, and, uh, and, and that's what children bring into the world and remind us is important because for a company that produces products, you want standards and standardization and organization and certainty, which is really, really complicated because, you know, when, when, you, when you sit in your car and you turn the key or press the button, you want your car to start, right? Yes. Every time, <laughs> every single time you want it to start. Not nine times out of 10, not 99 times out of 100. Mm. Every single time. And that is really complicated. <laughs> that is really, really difficult to make anything that functions all the time, every time. You know, every time you click the on button on your computer, you want it to turn on. Every time you click the send button on your phone, you want it to send, you want it to work every single time. And that's one of the most complicated things in the world because human beings don't work like that, right? You know, we don't work perfectly every single time. And, um, and so that's, that's why you have to have great respect for big organizations and big companies and the complex systems that they have. You, you have to respect it because they deliver something that is quite unique in the human experience. However, when we deal with, with people and education and children, that's, that, that, that's different. We can't treat children like products. We can't expect them to. I mean, we constantly push them to be perfect, and that's that's impossible. <laughs> that's and and when, when someone is perfect, they're very often broken. They're broken by this constant desire to try to be perfect. And there's a lot of a lot of children grow up and they don't feel confident in themselves because they were never perfect for their parents, and so they can't be perfect for the world. And that's a that's a giant mistake, and that's where the the unconditional love comes comes into things, which is quite complicated to understand. But in general, you should love your children, whatever the, the situation is, which is really, really difficult because we as human beings are not perfect and we reject a lot of things, which is um, which is what we learn from christian western tradition and society which is um well G jesus said none who come to me will be rejected jesus mm. said if you come to me i will accept you i will accept you all whoever you are wherever you're mm. from all will be accepted and that was that was a change in western tradition and history because people had problems before that uh, you know, they would, they would, they would, they would accept some people and reject others, and it was okay to have some people as friends and to want to kill other people, and and 
hopefully as a society in the world we've learned that that's that's not that's not the right way forward and there's a adults fear children because children Mm -hmm. show them their own their own failings their own inadequacies their own mistakes children are the children are the perfect mirror of all that is good and all that is bad within the people around about them. And uh, that's really, really difficult psychologically for people to, to handle because, um, because we can be, we can be great at one thing, maybe more than one thing, but to children, we're always everything. Mm. And that means we're not going to be great because it's impossible to be great at everything. You know, in our, in our jobs, in our profession, in our social lives, in our hobbies, we can be great at something and we can be respected for that. But that's just one thing, right? And the one thing doesn't exist for children because children see everything. And, and that, that, that's hard for adults because it's like, I've, I've lived on the planet for 40 years and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but but you still make mistakes because we all make mistakes. Mm. And, and that, that empathy and that forgiveness and that understanding of mistakes and that not, not crucifying people for making mistakes and, and the understanding that there's in them, in my book, the, in my book, the language of deceit, there's a section on, all of the important human characteristics that are not included in education. And there's a whole like list of about 50 different human aspects to, to personality and character development that are not included in education. Mm. And they're all very, very, very important. Like you, 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 you never get, and you shouldn't, right? Because it's wrong, but you never get, you never get graded on kindness. But kindness, being kind, is far more important than being correct. Mm-hmm. Being kind is far more important than being correct. It, it's a far more important strength, the ability to um, understand and help people, than it is to be right about everything. It's nice to be right as well, but um, 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 the because the. It's easy to be right about the things that are safe. But a life that's well lived is a life that pushes borders and pushes boundaries and takes us to new places. And that means we're going to make mistakes. We're going to mm-hmm. fall over. We're going to, you know, have accidents. We're, <laughs> we're going to fall off our bicycle going straight down the mountain or, um, you know, the, the, the rocket is going to explode as it goes up into the sky because you know the, the, we 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 push the limits and and we understand that and uh, at the at the essence underlying everything, life is very much a question of survival because uh, we uh, um, we have to try to survive from the moment that we're born and. Tomorrow was never guaranteed. And uh, 
the, the time, I think it's really important to understand how children see time. They, time is a trap for adults and not, a, not always a bad one. It's a framework to live within. Mm -hmm. And frameworks can be very positive if used in the right way. But children don't work within that sphere of things. Um, and adults are always trying to always trying to shape children into the adult world. Why do you have to get up at this time? Why do you have to go to sleep at this time? And um, I'm not convinced personally, this is a personal thing. Everybody will give a different answer to this. I'm not convinced that it's a good thing because if we think that every child is an individual, then you have to realize that it's probably not good for them to live exactly the same way as other people live. And this is what I've seen from my work with children, that children are not just different in terms of personality, they're different in terms of how they live through the day and have different experiences. Some children will be more creative in the morning. Some will be more creative in the mm. afternoon. Some will be more creative in the evening. So how does that work if your creative time is always 12 o'clock to two o'clock? That's not gonna work for most children. Mm. You, you can't force you know, the, the brain to be creative at the non-creative time. You can't do that. That, that, that causes disconnect in, in the brain. And like I've, I've noticed with my middle daughter, her most creative time is between 10 o'clock in the evening and two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So if she's told to go to bed at nine o'clock, she doesn't have any creative time. She doesn't have any. If she's told to go to bed at night, she doesn't have any at all. Zero. Zero. But you should tell your child to go to bed at nine. Really? Why? Because because all children are exactly the same, right? And they all behave in exactly the same way, and they all need exactly the same things at exactly the same time. Well, well, well no, they're individual. Well, really, if they're individual, then you have to understand that 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 what is right for some people is wrong for others, mm -hmm. uh, and and. There's no, there's no rules except the rules that we create. And maybe the rules that we create are not the right rules. And unless you completely experiment with everything, you don't know. And maybe everything needs to change. And maybe we need to do the opposite of what we think is the right thing to do. And then again, maybe we don't. But um, it's it's interesting to see how when you when you take your hands off um, how things how things will develop and how ch how children will solve children will solve problems that adults can't. 
they also won't see the problem. That they, they they also you know where adults will see a problem, children won't see a problem there at all. And maybe maybe the adult is right to see a problem, but maybe they're not. And um, the um, the I don't think that I, I I don't think that children do anything essentially that's wrong or bad. I I think that they just explore and. Um, the more that they can explore and the more freedom they have to explore, the, uh, the, the happier mm -hmm. they will be because um, happiness is very much the, the opportunities that exist to do things. Mm -hmm. And as long as you create the opportunities to do things, they'll be, they'll, they'll be fine. And too many rules and too many borders and too many, boundaries and too much um, well here's here's just one here's one example of something that is both logical and not logical at the same time schools try to regulate biological function and the example is if children want to go to the toilet they have to go during the break or the lunchtime or if there's some extreme emergency they can go during the class but they're sort of trained to not do that so so school is trying to regulate biological function that's teaching children that the biological function is wrong but the biological function is and it's good to have some level of self-control but you don't want to go against your own biology and um well, here's my experience of what happens when you've got too much when you've got too much pressure as a result of what happens within the education system, which is always regulating, always controlling, always telling people where to go, what to think, what to read, what's important, what's not important. When you release the pressure, people go crazy. You know what happens to what happens to students when they have a party? They all, they all get blind drunk, right? You know, we've, we've all been to the, we've all been to the party. We've all been to the club. We've all been to the cottage. We've all been to the, the, the place in the countryside. And, you know, there's 20 bottles of strong alcohol and everyone is running around the forest mm. naked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or doing whatever, right? How do we, how do we even get to that point of insanity? And how is it okay? We get to that point because we, 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 we put so much pressure on the children that it just explodes. And that's how it explodes. It explodes in, in um, a minor, you could call it minor, minor form of uh, alcoholism. And that is... That, that, that is a little bit crazy. And there's, in my experience, there are very few children who don't go crazy when they have, when they're like between the ages of 15 and 20, there are very few children who don't go crazy when they have that free space because they're put under so much pressure. And that's, that's wrong to, to think that we're putting children under that much pressure to perform and to be successful and to produce good results because we know 
at the end of the day that being a nice person is what matters. And none of us as parents, <laughs> like we've all been to the crazy parties as far as I'm aware, mm. right? But none of us as parents really want our kids to go to the crazy parties, right? Although we realize it might be part of their life in the future. Might be, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think if we're good parents, we want to navigate our children away from that. We want to navigate our children towards a place where our children are comfortable being themselves. And, and I would like for my children to grow up and see the children who are drinking too much and not think that they're the cool people. Because that's the world that I grew up in and as a teacher that I've seen my younger students grow up in which is that the people partying and the people drinking and the people being crazy are the cool people. And I think that's fucking wrong. I think that's wrong. I think the really, really, really cool people are the people with self-control. The really, really, really cool people are the people who can say, yeah, I don't want to be part of that. Those are the really cool people, the people with self-control. And we don't, we don't focus on that at all. We tend to see the crazy people because of the pop culture, because of the movies, because of the, the excess, because of the, the craziness. Because when you turn on the news on television, there's nothing but violence and death and sex and mm. lots of dark shit, right? And that's the world that we fill our children's brains with in those teenage years. And, and, and it's not something that they look forward to in, in the future but the really the really cool kids are the kids who can step away from everything and disconnect and not follow the crowd and not be exactly the same as everybody they can join in and take part and participate in everything but the really 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 cool kids and it it took me forever to process that in my brain because I grew up in party culture not realizing that it wasn't really that that good a thing and um, it took me a long time to appreciate that really really super cool kids were actually the kids who could take a step back from everything and go they're being crazy they're they're partying they're doing drugs they're drinking way too much and I don't want to be part of that because that that's a bad road to go down I'm not telling them not to do it because, you know, that's their thing. You know, your, your life is your choice and your problems are your problems, right? But um, the, the, the cool kids are always the kids who are comfortable with saying no to things. And the children get that habit directly from their parents because you're not allowed to say no in school. You're not allowed to say no. You have to say yes to everything. Because if you don't say yes to everything, you're punished. You're punished. You're given detentions and extra homework and extra work to do. And it's all backwards because if you're bad, they give you extra writing. But the truth is writing is a good thing. But they make you think that it's bad by giving you extra writing. Because if you can communicate well, if you can, if you can speak well, if you can persuade people, if you can negotiate well, if you can write well, if you can read and understand the depth of something, if you can do those things, you are the most 
dangerous person on the planet. Because a dangerous person is not a drunk person. They're not a dangerous person. They're a stupid person. A dangerous person is an educated person who is in control of themselves. That's a dangerous person. And society needs dangerous people because it needs people who have self-control. Because if you have no control, then you're always waiting for somebody else to tell you to stop. Mm. And if you have a group of friends who are the same as you, then you'll all be waiting for someone to tell you to stop. So nobody will tell you to stop. So you will just continue and continue and continue and continue. And it'll take you to a bad place where things will happen that you don't want or that are unplanned or that, um, that, that are irreversible or difficult to get out of because one of the secrets of, of life is don't do anything that you can't undo. Yeah, so the first rule of medicine, do no harm. If you're not sure that it's going to help, don't do it. Don't do it. Because there has to be some certainty that what you're doing is going to have a positive effect. Otherwise, it's an experiment and experiments are okay, but you have to realize an experiment is an experiment. You don't know what the result is going to be. And it could be really bad, which is why we... This is why we don't want to do a big, big, big experiment in the world, not knowing exactly what the results are going to be. Because it could be really bad. <laughs> we want to do an experiment in a small trial group where we monitor it extremely carefully and we do it several times. And then we have a better idea of of, of, of what it is that we're going to achieve. Um, and and all of, course, of course, all the information needs to be open to people as well, because sometimes people from outside of the situation can see things very differently from people, from people inside. So, because uh, there's a lot of pressure on people inside, inside the system. And, uh, and we, we, put, we put children under a lot of pressure and that's not a good thing. And it's always, and no one, no one talks about how do, we have, how do we have healthy, confident children? No one, no one talks about it. I don't hear it. I, I mean, I work in education and it's never a conversation that I've heard in education. How do we have healthy, confident children? No, people don't talk about it. And you have healthy, confident children, I think, when you yourself take a step back from things and you set that example for your children taking a step back from things and, and, uh, and then they, they see that and, and know when, when to get involved and when to walk away. It's, it's, it's a difficult choice sometimes. There are some, there are some battles that you want to fight and there are, are important to fight. And there are some that it's best if you walk away from the situation and you don't fight them. And it's, it's difficult to know which one, but uh, that's a learning and growing process that, and the parents need to communicate about that with their children. 
why did you do that? I did that for this reason. Oh, okay. And was that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, it's, I tell my children about my mistakes as much as anything else. I did this and this was great, but I did this and this wasn't so great. And, and how you, how you manage the problem is a great part of what children learn when they grow up. You know, don't panic, right? <laughs> don't panic. Don't don't be don't be overly, you know, be be careful and be aware and be prepared, but don't be overly nervous about the fact that problems exist because they they, they do exist and we have to navigate through them one by one. And every now and then there's a problem that we can't do anything about, and that's really hard. And uh, um, and people want to shelter children from everything that happens in life. And maybe it's good to shelter children, but then what kind of world have you created if you don't want children to see what the truth is? And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer that children need to know what the truth of the situation is and not to shelter them from it because they don't grow up. They just don't, you know, if a child is old enough to watch the news and understand what's on the news, then they're old enough to basically have their parents communicate about everything with them, basically. You know, if, children, if a child is old enough to watch the news and see war and death and famine and destruction and bombs and violence and guns and lies and all those negative elements, because most of it's negative, then, then they're old enough to have a, have a talk about everything. If a child's old enough to ask, then they're old enough to get a truthful answer, whatever the answer is. If a child's old enough to ask. Mm -hmm. And they'll always, they'll always ask when they're ready. And the questions will always be difficult. Right? Questions will always be difficult to answer because sometimes parents don't know about certain things. And I love to, I love to sit with my son and Google stuff. I hate using that word, but you know, search engine stuff. Because my son will ask me a question, I'll be like, I don't know. Let's check. <laughs> and we'll go on a search engine and we'll search for it together and we'll read about it. And I think that's a very healthy way to respond to the situation, to admit that there's things that we don't know, but we can find out. It's mm -hmm. difficult. You know, that, um, it, used to be a it used to be a joke I used to say to people, do I look like Google? You know, because pe people, people ask, silly questions sometimes I do it look like I don't know yeah. doesn't matter I don't I, 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 I don't know but the information is is out there we just have to uh, find a way that's that's one of the, those educational secrets hmm. which is it's not important to remember data as much as it is to know where to find the data if you need it. 
and the concept is the library. Now, your own brain can be a library. You can have a digital library, you have a physical library mm. as well. But and people and companies can be libraries of information. And um, it, it's and that, that's that's one of those management secrets, which is that if you're in a higher level of management, it's not important to know everything. But it is important to be able to find the information, which is usually to know the right person to go to who knows the information. Mm. And maybe that person will think that you're stupid because you don't know it. But you got to you got to just accept that and 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 realize that that you don't need to know at the top of the company you don't need to know but you need to be able to find out when it matters you need to be able to discover the information but you don't need to know it all the time because you go crazy in that situation all you need to do is be able to find the information which usually means finding the right person who knows and accessing the person which is, you know, people are, people are more important than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. Your, your future success is dependent on your friends. Crazy. Your future success is dependent yeah. on your friends. Your future income is dependent on your friends. Where you live is probably dependent on your friends. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's the six degrees of separation principle that everything will come through the people that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's where social media and networking should give people certain advantages, although it doesn't appear to be happening at the moment. But, uh, you know, maybe that's why. Maybe we're not in World War Four. Because we have social media theory, mm. might or might not be true. I don't know. Maybe we're not in World War Four because we have social media, and because we have social media, we can stop it. We can see what's coming, mm. and maybe you could argue that World War Four is an information war, and that the social media is the center of of that whole idea and that whole concept. But um, the fact that we can share information very, very quickly with each other is useful. And some of the largest protests in British history happened this weekend in every city across the country. There was... Because there was nothing on any of the media channels about it. Nothing. Nothing. Hundreds of thousands of people marched through London alone. That's London. That's not including Manchester and Liverpool and Newcastle and Birmingham Mm. and Edinburgh and Glasgow. Hundreds of thousands. And it wasn't on the BBC. It wasn't on the BBC. And you can't say the BBC didn't know because they walked, hundreds of thousands of people walked past the BBC offices in London. Hmm. And it wasn't on the BBC. However, 
There was on the BBC a story about five climate protesters who blocked a road somewhere. Mm. Right. The question is, has, has it always been like that or is that a recent thing? I don't know. I would tend to believe that it's maybe always been like that. And, uh, um, and when you understand that, it's crazy. It's people, people are like, oh, I didn't know. Because, and what, how, how can you trust, how can you trust any of these organizations? If the situation is like that, how can you trust anything that anybody says? I don't think you can trust anyone you don't know. I have faith and I have faith in people, but I'm not going to trust anyone I don't know because I don't know them. It doesn't make any sense. 